Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Pancakes. Waffles. There is a war going on. There is no feud. It is waffles. That's it. Do you like waffles? Do you like pancakes? Pancakes are better than waffles. Which do you prefer? French toast. You're a fucking moron. There's no way you like pancakes more than waffles. Absolutely. I am, in fact, the pancake king. Waffles are just so much better. Check. Your Aunt Jemima, no pancake, have an ass. <laughs> Directly into the SmackDown Hotel. Pancakes get soggy and just un- unedible. Does he have no respect? Pancakes aren't as good as waffles. Oh, that's why. I got it. I got it. Your friend there. What's his deal? Is he is he retarded? Gonna run a, a poll here. Waffles took an early lead. I see the poll Great. results. Kudos, people. There are a lot of intelligent pancake lovers in this world, Sean. If we took the Canadian vote out, then waffles would be winning. If you take Kentucky out, then you get to lose a lot of waffle votes too, Sean. There is a massive cluster of waffle houses in the southern Atlantic region. But uh, yeah, crepes and pancakes win. Crepes are pancakes, people. I'm glad that there's some still some intelligence left in this world. Gotta try crepes. They're, I gotta try crepes. They're excellent. I'm gonna give them. A, I'm gonna give them a go. It's the list and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. All right, we are live. You're real proud of yourself, aren't you? I'm proud of Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Nigel's who I'm proud of. Because let me tell you, Nigel and I had a conversation. I am never doing a trig tent plug again. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Although I, mean, I will say that if I did decide to switch over to pancakes, I could head over to livingsharp.com and get a three-in-one breakfast station. There you go. You know what? Uh. There's a dog next door. He's cold and wet all the time. Yeah. I can go to livingsharp.com. I can get a pet dryer. Jimmy, what'd you get your wife for Valentine's Day? I know that Mark uh, Francis asked. I So my wife and I, because between uh, her birthday in early December and uh, and Valentine's Day, we have like four gift-giving events over the over that time with our anniversary and her birthday and Christmas. So my wife said uh, no need to do anything for Valentine's Day this year because uh, we had so much stuff packed into a quick period of time. I still got her a couple dozen roses because... Well, that's good. It's you tradition. Yeah, it's well, tradition. Well, you should have went to livingsharp.com and got the undies for two. <laughs> I'm telling you, I never know what to get anybody. Like my, my mother, my father. You can go over there, get them some Frenchie socks. <laughs> they have interesting gift ideas that could, hey, if you want to get laughed at, you can go there. If you want to get yelled at, you can go to livingsharp.com. If you want to make somebody say, hot damn, I didn't know that existed, livingsharp.com. Uh, I can tell you one thing. I'm sure whoever runs livingsharp.com prefers waffles to pancakes. And you know what? I'll go as far as to say I prefer frozen waffles to pancakes. You're, Give you're... me the Legos or the Egos or whatever the hell. Oh, go ahead and eat the Legos. Eat the Lego, Sean. <laughs> you would love that, wouldn't you? Useless <laughs> <laughs> podcast host. <laughs> guy. So uh, kudos to Nigel. Yeah, he, he, good, he was... good job, Nigel. He was telling me yesterday, so we're doing this on February 21st, he was telling me yesterday that uh, I can't believe that I have a paying job where I get to do stuff like make videos about pancakes. But somebody's got to do it, man. Right? That's true. So kudos to Nigel. I thought that was just a glorious job. I was still on Sean Off the Air. We're not going to be able to do these things every week, obviously, but the timing worked out so well with, between your mix Match Challenge lies and this whole <laughs> pancake versus waffles war. It just worked out, and they came up back-to-back weeks, man. You know Shout what? Out. Ultimately, my job. Oh my God! Somebody just tipped us on YouTube for that. For the love of my, for the love of God. <laughs> um, <laughs> shout out to Adam Pearson for hitting us up with a tip on the super chat. But ultimately, my job is a journalist, so I'm glad at least you're not catching me in shit that actually matters. No, well, at least not that I tell you about, Sean. I might make true. I might make a note and wait for you to ask for a raise the next time, and then bring it up. Yeah, but what? when's the last time I asked for a raise? That's been a few months. It's been a year. Has it been that long already? Yeah, since, really? since a certain somebody tried to hire me away. Has it really been that long already? Wow. It's been almost a year, yeah. <laughs> okay, time goes by. So um, I can't wait to see what the next topic's going to be that will warrant this type of multimedia. But uh, Probably something about me asking for a raise. Yeah, don't. <laughs> You'll have Nigel go through all that. You got, oh, yeah. the, you got the wheels turning, Sean. Yeah, I sure do. So maybe something will come up. I want to start the show out this week by giving a shout-out to Lufisto. Yeah. You know Lufisto? I do. So uh, I know her as Precious Lucy. And uh, I've no, I, we're not friends or anything, but I've known her in, in the Canadian Independence going back about 17 years uh, she was Precious Lucy back then when I knew her. Now she's Lufisto, and she revealed this past week on her website that she's battling cervical cancer. Uh, but the good news is they apparently caught her early, and so she thinks she's going to be okay. 
But she, you talk about longevity, Sean. Oh, yeah. She's been wrestling independently for like 17 years. Yeah, forever she's forever. been at it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so a shout out to her. And I also want to give a shout out to Elias Theodoru. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear what Nigel thinks of this one. So, you know, how, now first off, Elias, uh, not to be confused with Elias, you know, I'm talking about the UFC fighter, Elias Theodoro. He used to do a podcast for us at Fightful.com. He's a middleweight fighter uh, with the UFC. I've talked in the past about how some guys in WWE, they're content in their spot, right? And so they don't go out of their way to seek out new opportunities. Uh, Elias is on the complete opposite end of that spectrum. He is a master self-promoter. And he always is seeking out new stuff. Matter of fact, I think he makes more money now from outside the cage endeavors than he does in the cage uh, with his plus sponsorship. And he's got a podcast of his own and all that. Elias announced officially this week, and I've known about this off the record for a couple weeks, but he announced it officially this week that he is going to be mixed martial arts first ever ring boy. Meaning that between rounds, he's going to hold up the card with the round number on it. Uh, and he's going to be debuting uh, on March 24th in Salt Lake City at the Invicta FC 28 show. Invicta is an all-women's MMA promotion, so it makes sense. And I bet you that they're going to either use Elias or somebody else for women's fights in the UFC, too. Because it would make sense that they would, right? So, kudos to Elias, man. The guy, uh, you talk about seeking out all opportunities, Sean. Elias is going to be a ring boy. How about that? I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I think it's smart on his behalf. For sure. Hey, you never know what you can do if you become a Fightful.com podcaster. Your <laughs> career just takes off. There what you go. That riddle? Well, Shane Helms made a Royal Rumble appearance. Yes, because of Fightful.com. And he got the hell out of TNA. Yes, yes. I will say this about Elias, and I don't know if Elias uh, uh, knows this or if he would admit this. I don't think Elias is ever going to be a UFC champion. I don't think he's ever going to be a top five ranked fighter in the middleweight division. Um, and that makes it all the better that he's been able, because right now he's, is he even in the top 15 in the, in the uh, middleweight division. I don't think so. He's like right out of it. I think he's right out of it. And yet he's getting all these opportunities because he just, he seeks them out and he uses social media and, and that is the kind of hunger that I wish more guys had in both in pro wrestling and in mixed martial arts. So yeah, kudos to Elias, man. That was I thought it was a fun deal. I think I thought it was a brilliant idea. Yeah, I liked it a too. Brilliant equal, idea. Equal opportunity. And of course, there's always going to be people that shit on everything. And there were people that were kind of shitting on Elias and they were saying it's an effeminate position and all this bullshit. And Elias is just kind of smiling about it and taking it in jest because I think it's cool. Why not do it? He's getting paid. You yeah. Know? So why not do it? Uh, so good on him. I want to ask you last, and we uh, we talked about this off the air a little bit. New Japan did a tour in Australia last weekend. Uh, and the Perth show, you were able to get credentials for Anna Bauer, and she went to that show. What kind of feedback have you gotten? I know you said that the PR was a little bit of a nightmare. Um, well, I mean, yeah, she wasn't set up the way that, that we had thought that she was going to be. But, I mean, ultimately they did take care of her. It wasn't a nightmare. It was, it was a little difficult to deal with at times. But you'll run into that here and there. It was their first time really attacking that market like that. So, right. you know, you, you'll you'll see new stuff. She did an awesome write-up that's going to go up, I think, at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. She got us a lot of media and stuff. You can see it on our Instagram, right. at Fightful Online. I'm going to have her send this clip of Cody Rhodes reacting to a Stardust chant oh, in, yeah. a, in an awesome manner, awesome manner. But uh, she seemed to have enjoyed the show, and they integrated some of the EPW talent that she works with. and actually, I think, helps with promos and stuff like that. But I would imagine they, they hit up that market again, New Japan doing the right thing, going to different places, and working with established 
people in those places. I heard some of the shows didn't draw like overly well. Do you know if they were sold shows? I don't, but I can find out. Okay. I'm curious if there was a local promoter that just paid them a bunch of money to, to get the shows there. So, hey, any, hey, anything is possible in that regard. Yeah, for okay. sure. All right. Uh, moving on, I want to talk about James Ellsworth, and I want to start off by playing a clip. This is from, this is from the December 13th, 2017 edition of our podcast. Go ahead and play that, Nigel. That was a brilliant idea to, to put that on there. I thought and so, he's too. Gonna, he's going to lose every single match. Yes, he will, and he'll do it happily after he gets his payoff. He sure will. Yeah, and and again, I immediately thought of Andy Kaufman, and I immediately thought of the Intergender Championship, and I think, like you said, I think if that is his mindset, if he's thinking that this is going to be my gimmick, I'm going to go on the independence, I'm going to wrestle women, and I'm going to lose every night, I think it's brilliant. Um, and, and Andy Kaufman, I don't know if you know this, uh, uh, who's the guys that made my belt, Sean? Wildcat? Yeah. Wildcat actually made an Intergender Championship belt. Uh, a few years ago, and they did it as an ode to Andy Kaufman. I think they were selling oh, wow. copies. Yeah, I think they were selling copies, but they made it as an ode to Andy Kaufman. If I'm James Ellsworth, I'm getting one of those damn belts. Yes. And I'm bringing it with me onto the Independence, and I'm defending it on every yeah. show. Maybe he could win the matches due to some kind of a, of a you know some kind of yeah. stipulation or something. But I think it's a brilliant move for him. I think it's perfect for him. It's going to give him longevity. Yeah, uh, and uh, so I wanted to bring that up because I thought it was smart. And once again, I thought of Andy Kaufman immediately um, when I saw it. I'm liking. Now I want you to post uh, uh, a tweet from James Ellsworth that he posted on Twitter this week. I think you got a screenshot of it. Yeah. Let me know when it's up because I yep. can't tell on my screen. It's up. Yeah. And what James Ellsworth said in the tweet this week was, "Quote: I will be defending the World Intergender Championship all over the world. More on this later this week. All I want to say is, I knew you're a fan of this show." We got your large, your life size cardboard cut out. I'm sending you a management invoice, James Ellsworth. My fee's reasonable, but it he all- knows he knows sells it all the time. Like I don't hear reactions. Like he's never confirmed that he watches the show. And maybe this is one giant coincidence. No, I'm but- only kidding, Sean. It's, it's it's I'm not. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, the boy, the ya boy stuff. Uh. Come on now. I think it's a coincidence, and, and somebody probably told him about I, the Andy Kaufman I thing. think he has a reminder set on his phone. <laughs> not, not even anymore. I think that he bought all my shirts. I right. think he bought all the Fightful shirts. Right. I think that he probably did an iron-on pillowcase for him to sleep on at night as well, <laughs> like with a Fightful. Oh, we lost your audio. I, I, muted, I muted myself. I punched my microphone as I was... Just glad it wasn't me. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, the managing editor of Fightful.com, Nigel. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, you know what? Whether Ellsworth got the idea from me or not, I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, and like I talked about, I think it's going to give him a lot of longevity. I thought the belt looked hilarious. It's different than the old Andy Kaufman belt with half yeah. blue and half pink and everything. But uh, I, think I, it's, just think it's, I think it's weird that you insinuate that he doesn't watch the show every week when he is on the show every week. He is literally, you pay him to stand there and watch right. you. That's right. Next, next to uh, Macho Man Virgil, they both stand there together. Yeah. And I can't believe that Macho Man still has a rat on his head and hasn't taken it off. And it's been well. Like I weeks. mean, not only that, his muscle, Macho Man Virgil's muscle, Kofi and Melvin there yeah. too, <laughs> doing all the dirty work. His yeah. heaters taking the bumps for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. But I, I think it's a brilliant idea on the part of Ellsworth, and uh, and it's going to be good for him on the independence. So, so oh, I do too. Well, let's yeah. talk about Raw this week. So that's. Okay, we know that Triple H, he has NXT under his guidance. He has 205 Live under his guidance. Raw is still the bread and butter of the company, so Vincent Man still oversees it. But 
Do you not think that at least over the last few weeks, Triple H's fingerprints are all over Raw the last few weeks? I think he pulled down his pants and put his ass prints all over it. Like, that is <laughs> screaming Triple H. It's screaming Triple H. I agree, and I, I'm digging it. And uh, uh, anybody that didn't see it, and I'm sure everybody did now, but they had the longest match in Raw history on Raw this week. WWE history. Okay, so I heard Raw history because, you know, back in the back in the day, they used to do, like, two-hour matches back in the, like, 30s, 40s? Well, so, in WWE history. And previously, it was Waldo Von Erich and Bruno San Martino, 81 minutes. They they announced it. Oh, they did? Now, yes. So oh, I as, didn't know As that. far as a one-on-one match, no, this wasn't the longest. But the longest continuous match, yes, Seth Rollins broke the record for longest Raw, perfor- longest raw performance period right. at 65 minutes. Right. I thought this was great. Like if you, you know, you, they had plans for them. They didn't work out, and they probably looked at the landscape and said, "How do we reestablish this guy?" Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a lot of things at once. They spent two hours of their TV that yeah. they needed to on a go home, which is crazy. They, two hours in one match is crazy. Two hours. They took a match that didn't mean a damn thing. And to be honest, once Rollins was eliminated, I had a hangover effect. But they solidified Seth Rollins as a main event player immediately. He, he beat Roman Reigns. John yeah. Cena back to back and wrestled yep. for sixty five minutes. Clean too, clean. What and more no can you do for a guy? Yeah, and no interference. And I've been putting over John Cena for weeks on the show lately because uh, I respect the fact that he's embracing this role that he's in now. And what did he do? He went out there and he put Seth Rollins over clean as a sheet again. So good for him. I loved that they did the uh, the interviews with Renee Young backstage right after a guy was eliminated. Those were so good. I loved it. I loved it. It, it was it was really good. And also. So the thing was officially one hour, 53 minutes, and 32 seconds. The crowd in Phoenix stayed hot throughout the whole match, which is... And I realized this wasn't a one-on-one match. It almost had a Royal Rumble feel in that, you know, after a pinfall, another guy came out kind of thing. Everyone so, was pay-per-view quality or what yes. the fans wanted. Like, Braun came in and crushed Miz. Yes. Did it a little bit more sustained, but yeah. this was, like, kind of like... I don't want to say a pay-per-view because there were really no stakes. I'm hoping there are stakes, though. I'm hoping that... Seth Rollins is exhausted at the at Elimination Chamber and like maybe because you know his whole deal is he wants Monday Night Rollins now and maybe he tried to make that happen at the expense of his title hopes and that plays into something like there there have to be some sort of ramifications from this performance on Monday but I thought it established that the last guy in the Elimination Chamber had the best chance because Braun showed up beat up uh beat up a guy as he was eliminated last that even Roman Reigns can be eliminated because he got beaten straight up in a clean one-on-one pinfall scenario. In the first match. Yeah. I loved it. And, you know, I had a couple people, like, biting back saying, this isn't what casuals want. I don't know what casuals want. Like, like to say that any two people want something in some sort of blanket statement is weird. There's going to be people that had never watched wrestling before that would tune into this and love it, and then there would be people that never tuned into wrestling before I would hate it. I mean, I've talked about this before, but I, I think that WWE's television audience in the U.S. now, at least two-thirds of them are not casuals anymore. At least two-thirds of them are the sure. hardcore fan base. Uh, and the resurgence that we're seeing in pro wrestling over the last year, due in large part, I think, to, to Internet fans, New Japan, Ring of Honor, uh, the in-ring is what they, those fans like. That's what those promotions present yeah. to them. And WWE has to keep up. Now, the one thing I will say, because I, I, I heard a little bit of your uh, post-Raw show, a little bit of your post-Smackdown show, and I know that there was a little bit of a debate about, well, I wish there had been stakes in the match. And you said, well, you know, the emotions with Rollins and stuff. I will say that I agree that I wish there had been stakes in the match. And the one thing that I was 
thinking as this thing was like passing an hour was why did they waste that whole final man to enter the elimination chamber in the triple threat with Braun and Cena and Elias? They should have had it that the la- the, the man to win the gauntlet match got to be the last entrant in the in the uh, in the elimination chamber. Because otherwise, I think it was Hawkins that said, uh, why would The Miz not just lay down and let Braun pin him? Because you're going into a, yeah. a major match. And I think that's a very valid point. If they had made it that the man that won that, that gauntlet match gets to enter last, that's a reason for the guys to want to fight, especially the way that yes. Rollins did, right? Well, they, they but, take stakes out of everything. Like, yeah. like I've said before, in the UFC, you're fighting because you, you double your money. In WWE, they don't want their wrestlers to be concerned about money. Right. Like that's, that's essentially – they want their, their people to be superstars and to be above that. Right. And, I mean, that's why you're doing the job. That's why I strive in my job to do cool things and to yep. do good because I'm getting paid for it. If I'm not, maybe I'm not as motivated. Some people have other motivations, but money ultimately – is is the great motivator. I mean, again, Brock, going back, we've talked about this. Brock Lesnar, for, when he came, first came back, said, I'm a prize fighter. Kevin Owens, when he first was on the main roster, would want to wait for the pay-per-view because he was a prize fighter. That's why they're yeah. doing this. They're not doing it for a social life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure some guys are doing it because they like the perks of being on TV and they like the fame. And, yeah. and Daniel Bryan, again, in that, I think, I think it was in the Punk documentary, talked about how some guys, even on low guarantees, when they need an extra match for main event, those guys are hiding out in catering. Because they, they, they're so content with where they're at that they don't really care to, to do any extra. So I guess with some guys, it's not about money. But uh, if you're not getting paid, you're not doing the job, Sean. Yeah. Right? Now, as, as entertaining as I thought Raw was, because I really dug that gauntlet match. I, I stuck with it the whole time. Uh, as entertaining as Raw was, then you got SmackDown. On the, oh other, on the other end of the spectrum. And the, 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 the name or the tagline for that program could be, no steaks or sizzle. It sucked. <laughs> you know something, man? The only thing happening on that show these days for me that's of any interest is the, is the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah. For me, that's the only thing of any interest. As much as I love Kevin Owens and as much as I love AJ Styles, those guys are mired in crap. And they, and they have been for a while. Bobby Roode, who I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, is fighting over a fake list that doesn't mean anything. The Usos in the New Day are about to wrestle for the, mouth, for the millionth time because they're so limited in their tag teams on that show, it would seem. And let me ask you this question. So, uh, Oh, and also they had more on-screen graphics this week, Sean, during the New Day's entrance. Everything Big E said was in giant, colorful letters. And they even had emojis on the screen for like the clapping and stuff like that. That was glorious. Let me ask you this. So the Road Dog, who is the uh, head writer for SmackDown, or at least he was, because who knows uh, what's going to happen with what, what, what they're producing on that show. He posted yeah. something on Twitter yesterday, February 20th. He, and this is a quote. Today I pray that I don't take myself too seriously. Too often I spoil it for myself by taking things more seriously than they are. Only serious things are to be taken seriously. You think there's any chance that he's referencing either his work on that show or criticism that he's facing because of his work on that show? I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, I do. Because yeah. he, he loves to answer that type of criticism. Right, right. And the, the, the quality level between Raw and SmackDown, I don't think has ever been this far off. There was a time years ago when SmackDown was the better show. Oh, yeah. But because there, was Raw, time, there was a time a year and a half ago when right, it was. Right, but because Raw's the staple, it always got the, the bigger ratings. But now the level of quality between the two is, is vastly different between those oh, yeah. two shows. And SmackDown is missable TV every week. You don't miss a thing if you miss SmackDown. 
You know? No, no, you could catch it in a five minute YouTube run. That's right. really it. Right. That's all you need. Yeah. I can't count the number of people that say we don't watch SmackDown anymore. We watch your review show instead. Right. Yeah. That's that's what it's come down to. And it, it's a lot of laziness. It's a lot of a lack of creativity. Why do you have that many people on the payroll to be creative people mm. if you're not going to come up with, come up with creative ideas? Like this is the golden age of television right now. Like, yeah, and that's another thing that that I see a lot of back in the like back then. There, there, twenty years ago, TV was not as compelling. I don't think as it was as it is now. Like you have some really great shows that push the envelope. It, it ain't all Family Matters and Seinfeld anymore. Not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with either of those shows. Seinfeld but, was a great show. Family Matters was dog shit. But Seinfeld, Seinfeld was a great was show. Seinfeld was a fantastic show. And I will agree with you on this because you said it on the SmackDown post show. Breaking Bad, I think, greatest television show in the history of television. Yeah, and I, I mean – I love that few, show. A few years after the Attitude Era, and if you ask so many, and this is always what I get, oh, Attitude Era, Attitude Era. Well, when did that end? About 2000, 2001. Yeah. What happened right about then? You had shows like Oz and The Sopranos and The Wire that came and turned TV on its ass, right. on its head, every which way. And wrestling wasn't doing that necessarily anymore. Mm. They weren't treating their audience like like somebody who wanted to be compelled. It's like we, we can predict it. Like I can't count the number of times my wife is sitting up here with me, and I'll call a move right before it's about to happen. I'll right. call something that's going to happen before it happens. And that's not me being snarky or an asshole. It's just sometimes it is a little too predictable and formulaic. However, I mean, you can't be a snarky asshole. Of course I can. Of course I am. Look who I work for. you waiting to say that. You knew Look I was. Who I work for. You knew I was. But anyway, it's – I'm okay with predictable if predictable is good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I absolutely I, agree. I, yep. I've brought up this several times. There was a few years ago Seth Rollins was champion. He had a knee injury. And the rosters weren't split then. They had a full roster to work with. Mm-hmm. And you know how they always say, oh, injuries happen, so who's going to step up? Who's going to step up? And they formed the goddamn League of Nations and made Sheamus that guy. And that was not yeah. what anybody wanted. Oh, it was terrible. All due respect to Sheamus. Yeah, it was terrible. They didn't do anything compelling. They didn't do anything new. They didn't give anybody a reason to hang on. Yeah. It gets really dark at times like that. Yep. Well, going back to the Raw brand, so this Sunday is the Elimination Chamber, and I guess I'll ask you uh, for your predictions because there's a little bit of uh, question now about who's going to win the men's match. I still think that the, the outcome is going to be the same that I thought it was weeks or months ago. But So the men's match, uh, the winner faces Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. They confirmed it's going to start as a triple threat since there's an extra man in the match. I still think yeah. Roman Reigns is going to win. I think they're going to keep that plan. Do you think there's any chance that they call an audible and put Braun Strowman in there instead? Mm. No. I don't think so either. I, don't I think, think so. I think Vince's mind is made up about Roman, and, and to him, Roman's the guy, even though to the rest of the world he's not. And I, I, I would even question if Hunter now thinks that Roman is the guy, but, uh, but Vince still has the final say. I think Roman's still going to win that match. I think he's still going to win at WrestleMania too. Um, now, here's the one that I find the most interesting is the whole women's situation on the Raw brand. So I think Alexa's going to successfully retain, but I still don't think it's going to be Alexa and Asuka and Nia Jax at WrestleMania. My gut still tells me Asuka's going to pick Charlotte, uh, and it's going to be Alexa and Nia Jax one-on-one at Mania. That's still my gut, but what do you think? 
To me, I think Asuka in a title match is uh, like a mono a mono type of thing. You could go one-on-one with that. I mean, maybe you could do it and maybe she not win in a triple threat because you could you could get around her undefeated streak. I would go Asuka Charlotte. Yes, absolutely. Because you could go with Asuka Charlotte, big match. Yep. You could go uh, Sasha Banks Bailey without yep. a title, big match. And then you could conceivably push another women's championship match and have three big quote-unquote women's matches, even though I don't think uh, any match not involving those four that I just mentioned is as big. Right. But, I mean, you could. And then, of course, whatever Rousey's doing, too. So, you, yep. essentially, you'll have four. Yeah. And the women's division fingerprints are all over that. And they can play up the whole Alexa-Nia Jax friendship thing. And they could make, like, Alexa helps Nia beat Asuka because she wants Nia to help her at WrestleMania. Yeah. Right? And I think that is the direction they're going to go. Alexa's going to help Nia Jax win. Thinking, cool, now I've, I've got my friend in the Mania match, and then Asuka's going to say, actually, I want Charlotte, meaning that now Alexa's got to deal with Nia by herself. That's, that's what, I th- yeah. what I think they're headed with that. Now, what about this one? Sheamus and Cesaro against the Titus brand, including Apollo. Apollo, Sean. Apollo. I got it in my Fightful Wrestling Weekly this week, but WWE were taking signs that referred to Cruz, Apollo Cruz this week and i'm still working to find out about like why they removed his name there was a report that i was told isn't correct had nothing to do with terry <laughs> cruz had nothing, nothing to, to do, do with terry well, cruz not not him the shooter that uh, they said there was this report that they did it because are you kidding like, yeah c-r-u-z right right yeah. uh, uh, whatever uh, man i could whatever, see man. i could see Vincent man doing that i could see I mean, that maybe yeah, uh, or, the one person I, I talked to one person in WWE that said that's the dumbest thing I've heard, but they wouldn't be in the know about this, so I haven't ran with it yet. That never crossed my mind because they're spelled differently. It just never crossed my mind. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like four different ways you can spell something that yeah. sounds like that. But yeah. oh my god, um, now he's Apollo, man. And did you did you see Michael Cole say Apollo Cruz, and then he got a look on his face as if to say fuck, and then he said Apollo like seventeen times. Yeah. Yeah, because right after that, training his brain, you know, Apollo, Gross. and then and then of course they're also going to do Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt at the Elimination Chamber. And and here's another question: so this show is going to be in Vegas, uh, and you know Vegas, they oftentimes get tourists that go to these shows and stuff. It's not necessarily going to be a Vegas crowd. Do sure. you think that Ronda Rousey is getting booed when she goes out there to sign her contract? Jeff Hawkins brought up a really good point that actually came from Rob, former podcast host here. If there's one place where you could maybe count on Ronda Rousey getting cheered, it's either L.A. Right. or right here, where she has fought multiple times. Right, right. So oh, that, that's, a, that's a really tough one for me. I, I can't give a straight answer on that. And if she gets booed, how do you think she's going to handle it? Man, see, that that's the tough one mm-hmm. because sometimes Ronda Rousey has been known to be a little bit fickle. She's mm-hmm. the same person who held a grudge against Paige Van Zant for congratulating Holly Holm. Mm-hmm. I would hope that at this point of her life, she just realized you got to put your working hat on. I would, I would like to hope because again, I have a lot of respect for Triple H. I think that Triple H has a finger on the pulse and he knows the business. I would like to hope that Hunter said to her, "Look, there's a chance that when you go out there, that they might not treat you the way you're expecting." Like I would like to think that he's going to give her that that heads up. Yes, Um, but I think there's a good chance she's going to get booed. So I really hope she's ready for it because she has a reputation as being a little bit, a little bit fragile uh, in terms of people's perception of her. 
So yeah. I guess we'll see what happens, man, you know? I, I like the idea of maybe a mixed reaction just to see how she reacts. Right. That, that, that's key to me. And I'm uh, sure they're going to do something with Stephanie. They'll do something with Stephanie probably at the Elimination Chamber to try to keep the crowd with her. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Speak, speaking of Vegas, ROH is going to be there soon. I spoke to Rhett Titus, who has been a fixture in Ring of Honor uh, for, God, it seems like over a decade now. You don't see that kind of longevity in Ring of Honor. Uh, listen to a part of my conversation with Rhett. You know, as I look through this, and I mean, it's it's hard to believe it's it's been that long, but you've been with Ring of Honor, like, virtually your entire adult life. Yeah, man. Uh, I actually started training there at the age of 17. Uh, so that was June of 2005. I just had a, uh, a kid in May of 2005. So, uh, you know, a lot of things happening when I turned 17. Just graduated from high school in June and went right off to wrestling school. That's what I always wanted to do. And Ring of Honor was the place that I wanted to be at, so I figured, hey, let me go straight to the school. And you know, I, you know, uh, I pretty much grew up in Ring of Honor. So I mean, you've been there through a lot. Like I mean, ownership changes, regime changes, and stuff. What has that been like for you personally, witnessing all of that? Um, it's a little, uh, it's a little iffy at first because you know you always feel like you got to prove yourself all over again. But most times you don't because, you know, you have all this stuff that you've done in the past that you can kind of rely on. But, you know, you still want to, like, show off a little bit to your new boss. I remember, like, uh, when it went from Dave to Adam Pierce, I was like, oh, man, like, you know. But now, now it's, I was just finding my groove with Dave, and then all of a sudden, boom, new book. And I was like, oh, man, you know. But Adam Pierce took very good care of me, and then from Pierce to Delirious. And, um, and even during the ownership changes from Carrie Silken to – Sinclair Broadcasting Group. I remember the first time Sinclair was at a show was uh, was in like uh, May of I want to say Portland, but I want to say May of 2011. It was uh, Super Card of Honor where A and X wrestled the Briscoes in the Chicago street fight. I remember you know Joe Koff watching the match and you know we're, we're out there bleeding buckets, you know dressed dressed like we would be for a street fight. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want this guy to think that, like, I'm just some hardcore brawler bleeding all over the shows and want to get rid of me right away. So, you know, uh, you know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. But, you know, it's me. I've been very lucky to have good relationships with all my owners and all my bosses. Is there anything that maybe you contribute your staying power to? Because, I mean, you're only 30 years old, but you've been there for, like I said, so long, and it's been pretty much just – you and the Briscoes during that length of time. Yeah, uh, man, uh, it's just about uh, staying hungry and staying humble, you know. Uh, some guys, you know, will come in for like a year or so and be like, oh, why am I getting these marquee matches and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it, it doesn't work that way, you know. Uh, there's, there's a spot for everybody, and as long as you know your spot, you'll have a job for life. Sometimes your spot can increase and grow. You know, I've gone up and down the card my whole entire career, but, you know, at least I've had steady work in the job the whole time. You know, whereas some guys, you know, who've gone down the card or whatever, just been like, all right, uh, I'm done with this, I'm out, you know. Whereas, hey, I love wrestling, and I'm going to keep making a living off of professional wrestling. You know, I don't mind being in the opening match. You know, I can't tell you how many times I was in the opening match at Final Battle. I think like four or five opening matches at Final Battle, but, 
you know, I'm still on the show, so, you know, what am I, who am I to complain, you know? And we are back. Red Titus talks about something that you you often touch on that like sometimes if if you know your role in a spot or especially in an entertainment form, you can have longevity like that. I mean, there. Sure. I mean, God, who who has been in Ring of Honor longer than him? Maybe the Briscoes. I was going to say the Briscoes. Yeah, that's it. Because I mean, this guy has been a singles guy. He's worked with several different tag teams. Yeah, a stable. He put on a hood and worked as the Romantic Touch. Yeah, and he's had a full time job like for a decade because of it in wrestling and you don't see that almost anywhere yeah i want to say for the record because i I heard about the live chat so i i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna disagree that steve urkel is a pop culture icon in the u.s because steve urkel is a pop culture icon in the u.s but have you actually found the comedy on family matters to be funny and you laughed out loud to their jokes you got an issue because I think I think Nigel will agree with me, and I, I know Sean will agree with me, but I think Nigel definitely will. Ninety nine percent of sitcoms are not funny, and that's yeah. and that's why they use laugh tracks. If it has a laugh track, it's not funny, right? Because ninety nine percent of them are not funny, it's and Family Matters was not funny. It was I not tuned funny. into a Netflix comedy recently. God, I can't remember who was on it. I feel like maybe Melissa McCarthy or somebody. I don't know who the hell was on it, but it had a laugh track, and I thought that. The laugh track was like sarcastic. Oh right? my god! I think I know what you're talking about. Is oh, that yeah? that one that was about weed with Kathy yes! Bates or whatever? There you I go. thought that Kathy was a joke. Bates. I thought that was a joke. And... I, we did too. My wife and I were watching it. We thought that this was like a sarcastic laugh track, and eventually it would kick off into the show. No, it was very real. And it, was it was supposed to be real. Unfunny. Really, yeah. really, very unfunny. Well, Family Matters is like that. It was just not funny humor. <laughs> but again, Urkel's a, a, is an iconic television figure. There's no question. But the comedy just wasn't funny. It wasn't. It's yeah. it, mo- most sitcoms just are not funny. Look at Full House. Man, that That's show the absolute sucks. trash. Trash. That show is a dirty. Like, come on. You know, I, I'll say I, I think maybe the only two network comedies I've ever enjoyed a little bit. Brooklyn Nine-Nine I think is hilarious. That that, that's a pretty, pretty funny show. Uh, I'll catch Modern Family on sometimes before Raw, and it'll make me laugh. But other than that. I'm a, a big, I'm a big Seinfeld guy, and, and even like Sein, Seinfeld. Seinfeld, Seinfeld was more clever than Laugh Out Loud Funny. Yeah. It was more clever, but uh, I'm, yeah, I'm more of a Seinfeld guy. But, I mean, when I was a kid, I watched Family Matters. I liked, like, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Oh, like, yeah, I remember that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Tyler uh, James is saying no full house slander. Man, that show sucks so bad. Okay. And Fuller House is even worse. I was going to say, go on Netflix, try watching one full episode of Fuller House, because my wife has nostalgia like a lot of people do in, in their 30s, because yeah. they watched it when they were kids. So she went to watch Fuller House, and she couldn't get through one, one episode because it's trash. So Sometimes I <laughs> really wonder. I just really wonder. I'm like, do they just not know better? Because I'll be honest, I didn't watch a lot of TV. I watched South Park, sports, and wrestling until about 2007, 2008. Yeah. And USA Network got me. Burn Notice was on right after Raw. I saw it, and I was like, man, this is kind of cool. I like this show. Yeah. And I watched it for a few seasons before it got way too formulaic. And then I opened up my mind started watching a lot of other TV shows. But before then, I didn't know what TV shows were good or not. I didn't know what The Wire was. I didn't have any idea. But sometimes I'll see this clearly pandering horseshit whether it's religion or humor or anything and i'm mm-hmm. like why like for instance and this is not an attack on religion oh, have you oh. seen <laughs> have you seen the trailer for god's not dead no just the trailer no no oh my it's so bad but 
it makes me want Dean Kane, the guy who used to be Superman, yeah, 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 to be yeah, a yeah. pro wrestling manager. Oh yeah. He is he's like this, like his half his face is half lit. He's talking to this old woman and he's like, You believed in God your entire life. And look where it got you. You're dying of fucking cancer, bitch. We could probably use that sometime. I added the fucking. <laughs> I added the fucking <laughs> bit there to make story. I'm already getting an idea for our yeah, next video compilation. Great. I'm getting an he idea. Really say fucking and bitch. I did that to make the story better. But uh... I don't know how I can possibly shift back to pro wrestling. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna try my best because I want to. I want to. Rousey's mouthpiece. I want to say one more thing about Ronda Rousey, actually. So I, it's going to be so difficult to segue back, but I'm going to try. So Sports, <laughs> Illust- Sports Illustrated reported. So we know that what WWE wants to do for Mania is they want to do Ronda Rousey and The Rock against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Uh, yeah. But The Rock cannot commit as of yet, or at least publicly he hasn't committed because of uh, insurance concerns. So Sports Illustrated reports that WWE asked Ronda Rousey to pick partners in order of preference for a tag team match at Mania, should The Rock be unavailable? And yeah. her, her choice is in order. The Rock was number one, Kurt Angle number two, Shane McMahon number three, and Seth Rollins number four. And when you think about it, uh, if The Rock can't get clearance, Kurt Angle makes sense, not only because of the Survivor Series, but they're both Olympian, Sean. Right? Mm-hmm. They both have medals. Yeah. So it makes sense that they might want to... And I actually think Kurt could... I think that'd be a good match with Kurt and Hunter. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. There's so many question marks surrounding this this WrestleMania season. Like, will Joe be back in time? Will yep. I don't think so. Him? Yep. Man, that's, that's it's too a bad. tough loss because they held him off of last year's show too. Yeah. When it's they could have had him on. And, and they all look forward to doing that show. That's the biggest payday of the year, right? Of course. So, of course. Yeah. I saw, I saw footage of Dean Ambrose at a hockey game with Renee. He looked fine. Uh, but what's his clear Well, I mean, what? Let's see. Well, WWE would like you to think it's the middle to late part of this year. Uh, That's what they would like you to think. But they they've been working the the recovery times in with Dean Ambrose. That's easy. Which the irony is, he never went out like before this, and now he's been out more because he actually has time to do so. But he doesn't do interviews. He doesn't do social media. So I don't blame them for trying to to work work an audience on his injury time. Yeah, because because if he's not around, yeah. He ain't slipping it up. I agree. Like, who's he talking to? Yeah. This ain't like the time when the Associated Press went and hunted down Brock Lesnar in the middle of the Arctic to get a comment or anything. He doesn't give a shit. No, you Arctic. Are you talking Saskatchewan? Don't you remember when, when I was coming to, yeah, probably the Arctic, like in Iceland or something. Uh, or or the North Pole. He when lives I was in Saskatchewan. To... It's ah, not the Arctic, Sean. Yeah, it's pretty bad. There are polar bears and shit, man. <laughs> Don't you know anything about Canada? Excuse me, sir. Sir, I am practically a Canadian now. Clearly you're not. Clearly you're I not. I am practically a Canadian right now. You realize now. that the AWA... Oh, I had somebody in the midst of all this situation called me unpatriotic because I work for Canadians, Jimmy. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they said... Why don't you move to fucking Canada? And I said, if I could be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Mother of God. Just, just, like, just, just to defend Saskatchewan for a second. <laughs> so you know that you. you know the AWA was based in Minnesota, right? And the AWA regularly did Winnipeg because Winnipeg is just across the border from Minnesota. Yeah. Saskatchewan's not far from Winnipeg, man. It's not the Arctic. Well, I, I would love to hear like a breakdown on how they deal with all the polar bears then. 
<laughs> Maybe sometime we'll get Brock on the phone. He'll is tell you. Is that why he'll tell you about extinct? the polar bears. Is that why they're going extinct? Because Brock moved there and is hunting all the polar bears. I would absolutely love if I could somehow arrange for you to sit down with Brock Lesnar face to face, and you only get one question. <laughs> you only get one question, and you look Brock Lesnar in the eye, and you ask him, "How do you deal with the polar bears in Saskatchewan?" I would love. I'd pay good money to see that happen, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Good chance that there'd be an F5 out of the room for you. No, no, come on. I'd hit him with an Impaler DDT. Oh, yes, and it would work Make great. Make him humble. It'd work great. So, uh, let's, so we talked about Ronda Rousey. Uh, there are reports that WWE is interested in another high-profile athlete. You know who I'm talking about? Rob Gronkowski. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't they be? Now, well, here's my question for you. So I know that he hasn't committed yet to returning to the NFL for another season, and there's speculation he might retire. Uh, Mojo Raleigh, who's his good buddy, told TMZ, uh, it's not a matter of if he signs with WWE, it's a matter of when. He would know. Yeah, he would know. I personally, when I look at Rob Gronkowski, and I know that he's an elite-level athlete, and I know that he's, he's a big guy and everything, I don't think he would succeed in WWE. Like, call me, call me crazy, but when I see him and I see his persona and all that, I don't think he would be a success at WWE. I think he'd be a heel. He'd have to be because he's a goofball. He'd have to be a heel. He'd yeah, he'd have, have to be. be a heel. Yeah. Um, you know, is he giving up $8 million next year, $9 million the year after that? Because he ain't getting that in WWE. He ain't no, nowhere close to 8 or $9 million. No, I know, but I heard he's pretty set financially. He's very so. smart with his money, yeah. I've heard. Like, yeah. he doesn't even spend his salary. Like he, I heard that, too. He's yeah. up endorsements. Because if you look at Ronda uh, Rousey, Ronda Rousey's not doing wrestling for the money. No. Right. And the, hell, The Rock, for that matter, The Rock doesn't go back for the money. Ronda's going to have endorsement money for life. She will have endorsement money for as long as she wants. With who? But with anybody. With Who's, anybody who wants. Like, who does I she mean, have she, now? Oh, God. I'd have to go and look. But I know, uh, she, I know she had Reebok, but that's probably out the window now, no? I'm pretty sure Reebok still is paying. Yeah, are they? <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Oh, but she, she's got a personal deal with them. But, I mean, because of her reputation as a trailblazer and all that stuff she'll always have something like that but hmm. yeah rob ronkowski while he has the athletic background he doesn't have this like ronda rousey has spent the last two couple decades bumping for the love of god like in judo class and mma class and practicing pro wrestling plus he just comes off like a goofball like he comes off just like a, a more high profile mojo raleigh like with all due respect, that's what I see in Rob Gronkowski. He doesn't look to me like he's going to be an elite-level wrestler. Well, I believe, you know, it, hey, you put him up against any Joe on the street, he's going to kick the shit out of them. When he gets in that pro wrestling ring yeah. and he hopped over that barricade, he looked like a guy playing a tough guy as opposed to a real tough guy. And maybe that's just because of his personality. He's yeah, got a be. really, He's got a really outgoing and positive personality. You don't hear him say a lot of negative stuff. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's hard for him to turn into that brooding like ass kicker, but I don't know. Maybe he's got that range that I just haven't seen yet. I guess we'll find out. So uh, WWE confirmed officially something we talked about last week, that starting with the May 6th Backlash pay-per-view, all pay-per-views are going to feature both brands moving forward. They're no longer doing individual Raw and SmackDown pay-per-views. And we've heard a lot of different reasons why oh, the tickets aren't selling and all that kind of stuff. They had to hot shot angles and don't have enough matches, so they have to do the same matches over and over again. Um... What do you think? And there's also a rumor that they're going to make the, the, the shows four hours long to accommodate both brands. What do you think about this whole thing? If they made it four hours and got rid of that pointless kickoff show, all for it. Cool. Because, I mean, 
quite frankly, that's an hour of coverage us at Fightful are paying for anyway, and there's very little going on. Like, we know what's going to happen, and we can get prepared for what's going to happen with those video primers you do. I don't need to see a big round table with Renee Young running point guard trying to keep these guys in check while they make stupid predictions yeah, and, and Sam Rose Roberts. And Rose. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And Berg, he's such a shill, and don't need, don't need that. Just yeah. make that first hour the stuff. And this isn't, you know, we always have people that say, "Oh, make two hundred five live the first hour." Of Raw. <laughs> no, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. But if you're gonna run a four hour pay per view, run a four hour pay per view. I don't need a kickoff show, and if I do, it can be fifteen minutes long. Yeah, I should also note that they've eliminated the uh, the battleground show that was scheduled for July twenty fifth. Uh, and the payback show that was scheduled for May 27th. So now they're only going to do 12 pay-per-views, which is what they used to do, one a month. The, the one thing I will say about this is, because I know that there's going to be some talent on the lower level that are going to be concerned that they're going to lose their spot. Yeah. Uh, and rightfully so, they should be concerned. But the way I look at it is, if, if now you're going to have one show a month featuring both brands, that means that you could, in theory, have one brand's world title match every other month. Right, you could, yes. and and why why not? That means that you now have a two month build for a program. If they do it like that, Brock is a part time guy; doesn't wrestle every month anyway. So even when they get the belt off him, and let's say they do go with Roman Reigns, why don't you just have Roman Reigns on one show, and then the next month they have the SmackDown champion, whether whether it be AJ Styles or uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, and then the next show you go back to Roman Reigns again. Get that two month longevity of a program. I, think I don't even remember what it was like to have people defend their championships with regularity anymore. And there, I don't see a lot wrong with that. I mean, New Japan does it with Okada. He doesn't defend his title every single month, and right. it works pretty well. But yep. I think the big issue with the Lesnar deal is just he's not – he's just not around. He's just not around, and that is such an important stake and an important piece to that brand to not have around – I mean the championship more than Lesnar because the show can go just fine without Lesnar. You're right, but I, I think that because he doesn't defend the title every month – it makes the matches mean more, and That's I and, and and agree or or disagree. I think the universal title right now is higher up on the totem pole than the WWE title. You could argue that. I mean, I've always just viewed the WWE Championship as a 
little cut above because the WWE has went to great effort to continue its lineage where they have it with a lot of other championships. Uh-huh. Like the Cruiserweight Championship, they could just easily say that that's a part of their old lineage, but they don't. Uh-huh. The Tag Team Championships, the current Raw Tag Team Championship used to be the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. And then they abandoned the original WWF Tag Team Championship. It's not even a thing anymore. It's just weird, but they have, against everything, that WWE Championship and that Intercontinental Championship, they have continued theirs, even though the Intercontinental Championship went away for a while, so you can argue that as well. Plus they have the world title, and then they like amalgamated it with the WWE title, and... All and that then bullshit. The, all the women's stuff, I'm like, my God, make it easier for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Can you think of a more uneventful, disinteresting, heatless pay-per-view card than the Fastlane pay-per-view on March 11 from Columbus, Ohio, which is going to be the final individual WWE pay-per-view brand, the SmackDown branded show? Can you think of a more disinteresting, heatless show than that show on March 11th? It's like WWE doesn't want me to go to these shows because when they're in Indy or Columbus or somewhere like that, I'm like, you know, should I go? Should I try to get some media? Should I try to do this? Mm. And then I see this and I'm like, okay, I'm sure that main event's going to be good. In the ring, it's going to be in good. In the ring. Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton. Oh, boy. You know, I might ask for a raise. Should... <laughs> uh, the Usos in New Day going to be good. Yeah, Charlotte they've done it Ruby. so many times. Yeah, so many times. I mean, it's always good. And that for the last six times they've done it, I've said this. Yeah. It, they've done it so many times. It's always good, though. So I won't complain too much about that. Charlotte and Ruby Riot. Uh, yeah, I guess. Ruby Riot ain't winning that. Mm-hmm. Come on. No. And and again seeing Dolph Ziggler in the in the, in the title picture, seeing Baron Corbin in the title picture. Ugh, painful. Painful. Baron Corbin, you know what they should do? They should bring back the Federettes. And they should make Baron Corbin like Elias Theodore who's a ring boy in in uh, MMA. They should make Baron Corbin a Federette in in WWE because that's a better role for him. So a Federette they tried to make Missy Hyatt one one. Yes, time. they did. And she should have taken it because it would have done wonders for her career. But anyway, a Federette uh, in the 80s they were girls that took the ring jackets. Oh, okay. They called them Federettes. So I think Baron Corbin, here's an idea. Baron Corbin, the first male WWE Federette. What would they call them now? Cuz it's yeah, like the Federation. They'd have to think of something new and I'm sure they think of something stupid. Oh, but, hell uh, yeah, they would. Yeah. And then when they come out, they'd put big graphics on the screen and big colorful letters with emojis. Yeah, they'd make sure to do that. But, uh, oh, boy. Let's go to Stupid People. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Okay. So for those of you that uh, watch us on YouTube as opposed to listen to us on uh, iTunes, I've got uh, a little bit of multimedia here to back up some of my stupid people's news this week. So it's good. Now, first off, TrevorStrong.org, thanks for the usage of the song. Um, put up the video for the first one, sure. and, I, and I'm going to talk over it, all right? So this first one, this was sent to us by podcast listener Kayfabe Soup, uh, and it was originally reported by WTXF Fox 29 out of Philly on February 17th. So two would-be burglars had a little mishap during an attempted break-in on Valentine's Day in Shanghai. And the whole thing was caught on surveillance video. Not just putting the video up for you guys that watch us on YouTube. You can take a look at this video. So they were both wielding a brick. They were going towards a place they wanted to break into. One guy was kind of in front of the other one. The guy in front threw his brick at a window first. Then, yeah. in a, then he attempted to get out of the way of the second guy when the second guy was throwing his brick. And he uh, inadvertently walked right into the path 
of the inc incoming brick from the second guy, got clocked right in the head. He went down and out, and his friend decided, forget the break-in, and he actually dragged his friend away from the scene. So I thought that was a pretty glorious one. I saw that when somebody sent that to us. I obnoxiously cackled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like one of my favorite, like I'm kind of new to Reddit, but uh, one of my favorite subreddits is like the karma subreddits and the justice served subreddits where people just get what's coming to them. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that was so good. He got clocked hard too. Real hard. Yeah, he like did. that. Let's hospital hard. Yes. Like, like might might never recover. Gonna have trouble forming sentences hard on the side of the brain. head. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I watch Home Alone sometimes. You know what? One of the fightful favorites, and I see Macaulay Culkin heaving those bricks down at <laughs> Daniel Stern, and I'm like, bro, a little too much. It's called. It was hard. It's called the movie, Sean. Yeah, but come on. Have, have you seen the video where they broke down how many times they would have died in the movie? Yeah, of course. Pretty great. I mean, they, they were electrocuted and stuff in that movie. Hell yeah, they were. This next one, and uh, I know that you watch the show kind of on delay, Sean, so you're going to want to check this out. We have a photo, and Nigel, put the photo up sure. while, I, uh, while I read this one off. So this was reported by KXLY-TV out of Spokane, Washington on February 16th. A 47-year-old man out of Post Falls, Idaho named Brett K. Anderson stole a bunch of irrigation pipe from a farm field, and then he tried to transport it to a recycling facility to sell it. Problem was, the pipes came in 40-foot sections... And he decided that he was going to try to transport them by sticking them out the side window of a Chevy Impala. Try to, for those of you that are not watching this on the video, you can probably envision what that looked like. These Where things, are the polar bears? In Idaho? Yeah, man, that's, that's kind of close. They would migrate, I would imagine. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> they ended up, these pipes ended up extending out the side window of his car into oncoming traffic. And so as he was driving to the recycling facility, he ended up hitting and damaging several vehicles that he passed. And uh, he was arrested for possession of stolen property, possession of drug paraphernalia, petty theft, and reckless driving. As a former owner of a Chevy Impala, I can tell you this is a, a harebrained scheme to begin with. Do you think you could get 40-foot uh, pipes inside your Chevy Impala if you still had it? Hell no. Yeah, it'd be a bit of a problem. And it's, it's a luxury sedan is what they say, but... My God, like you see that <laughs> he's just going to clothesline every car coming down the That's road. That's kind of what happened. Yeah. Now we given where I'm from, this type of stuff is a big problem where people will steering irrigation go, pipes. Well, they break into <laughs> houses and they'll steal copper wire and shit like that and try to go and sell it at recycling plants and, you know, whatever the hell they have. I can't pretend I've ever seen that one, though. Wouldn't My the recycling God. facility immediately receive these irrigation pipes and know there's a problem? You would think, right? Yeah, yeah you'd think. Anyway, so this last one, this kind of sort of falls under the Sean Ross sap file. Kind of sort of. So it's not penises, penises and it's not shit, but it is flatulence. So it kind of sort of fits under the Sean Ross sap file. It was reported by the UK Metro on February 17th. So a man boarded a flight called Transavia Airlines which is, a, a, I think it's a Dutch uh, discount uh, airline. And the flight was going from Dubai to Amsterdam. This guy on the plane refused to stop farting. <laughs> refused? He just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he kept farting, and apparently the air became so putrid that other passengers were complaining to the crew, 
and the crew was telling the passengers, I mean, there's, there's really nothing they could do about it, about the situation. The man was apparently asked, you know, if he could mind, you know, what he's doing, and he apparently would just continue to let them rip. And eventually, his performance caused a fight to break out with the two men sitting next to him on the plane. And the whole situation caused the pilot to decide to make an emergency landing in Austria. Oh. oh. Yeah, they actually made an emergency landing in Austria. I'm tired of this motherfucking plane. <laughs> I'm tired of this motherfucking plane. <laughs> now, here's the best part. So they land in Austria. The police come on the plane. They find out what happened. They, they removed the farter and the two men that he fought with. Removed them from the plane. Whoa, 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 sir. Sir, we run a media outlet. The alleged farter. <laughs> the alleged farter. He has been convicted of nothing well, thus far. Well, here's the thing. The Austri- Austrian authorities let him go because they claimed that he hadn't broken any Austrian laws. Since they landed in Austria, they claim, well, he didn't bring any laws in Austria. I mean, we farted on planes all the time in Vienna, so. <laughs> Listen, if it wasn't a fart, he would get a hold of something else and make it smell. I don't want to hear about this fart control at a time like this. <laughs> it's not going to help anything. Now, Sean, let me ask you he this, man. He has the right to fart if he so chooses. Oh, and he did. Don't, you cannot cause issues with responsible farters because one nut job just did something crazy. Uh, so let me ask you this, man. I, I, I was debating whether or not to bring this up, and uh, I'm going to bring it up because it's, it's, it's another stupid people's story, and I'm going to let you explain it. Just try to do it like the Coles okay. Notes version. Uh, hashtag Abby's Cancer Scam. Whew. Do you want okay, to briefly there, explain what this is? There's a woman named Abby Arthur who did some pro wrestling writing for a place called TopRopePress.com, a couple other places. She had an abnormal number of followers, like 50,000, 60,000. And a couple of months ago even, I messaged David Bixenspan, who's usually really good at sniffing stuff like this out. Uh, followers, not farts on planes. <laughs> and I was like, this is weird because me and Bix have been doing this both several years. And combined, we have probably 20,000 followers. This woman had like 50 or 60 and nothing that she had written had ever like really broken out and been covered mainstream, anything like that. I was like, maybe it's just something. Who, who knows? It was very clear she had bought her followers. Later that month, she actually inquired about writing for Fightful. But I had seen all these posts about her alleged cancer that she had been diagnosed with. And just a lot of it didn't add up. She would put on there like, all I can eat is Jello. My lights are getting turned out, and I'm just sitting there thinking in my mind, like, why do you have Jello? Like, why didn't you buy ramen noodles? Why didn't you buy something with any sort of calorie intake or nutritional value or anything like that? You're also, telling you're telling me that also, you're suspicious about Jello? Yeah, there's a lot of things. Like, I mean, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, I know you may not have dealt with this before, but I've been poor before. And you, when, you're, when you do that, you prioritize. And she was like, oh, hey, I can't pay my light bill. I can't do this. And I'm like, how the fuck are you tweeting? Like, you, you paid your internet bill or your phone bill before your light bill? A lot of people before, would. Before you got something? Well, maybe, yeah. But if you can't, yeah, you can't. It's just a lot of it didn't add up. People started to find that she had taken pictures of IVs in her arm and things like that, 
from social media, from Google, from other cancer, well, from actual cancer patients, she faked it. She mm. faked the whole thing, including one of the pictures was a, a picture of a dude's arm. They found uh-huh. actual pictures of her with tattoos that were not in those pictures. And then when you thought it couldn't get any crazier, she went on a bender. She faked her own death. And it doesn't even stop there, Jimmy. She pretended to be her sister, tweeting about this. And, of course, David Bixenspan calls the coroner, like, hey, you you got this dead person? They said, hashtag, nah. Like, maybe if you're going to do this, don't do it when you have investigative journalists on your friends list, first off. But then, the craziest part of it, there was a TNA, like, psychotic fan forum a couple years ago. And the owner of that re-emerged because of this situation after he had faked his own death over a year ago. And was like, I really hope that I didn't motivate her to do something this stupid. So a death fake motivated another death faker... To emerge, like, surprise, bitch, that you thought you'd seen the last of me. <laughs> so, Mother of God. What's the end game for these people? Like, why would they go through all this hassle? I mean, I, I realize she in the online about world. nine to $10,000 from crowdfunding. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. Which is grand theft. Oh, yeah. Grand theft, my man. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she even, here's one, uh, less more on Talking Sheet did an awesome job covering this. She faked the picture of Jello. She didn't even go out and buy Jello, Jimmy. She pulled it off the fucking internet. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, you know what, man? I mean, look, okay, this, this, this. I don't know how personal I should get here, but we've all been been through this. So, in my earlier years, I did I did the online dating thing, like I think a lot of people have, right? And how many times did you talk to somebody who submitted a fake photo that wasn't really them? All the time. Yeah, the thing with the in the online world is we know there's a lot of people, Sean, that are miserable, depressed, lonely, and they seek attention through the internet. But I under I don't understand. Okay, I understand Abby if she got money and she was trying to get away, you know, with with getting money. Fine. That guy that you said had a TNA thing, what's the benefit mm-hmm. to him? Why would he fake his death? What, did he take money too? He posted, he posted an apology letter and said it's because he had a difficult time after coming out to his family, but it, it, no. No, because well, then, no. then that means that he would have faked his death per, of course. In, like face-to-face too. Of course. Of course. There was no end game. doesn't make there any was sense. None. It was doesn't stupid. make any sense. And uh, Ryan Satin has posted an update saying a rep for the CTCA said that they have turned the matter over to law enforcement regarding Abby. And it's because she had faked letters from a doctor and had misspelled things like HIPAA, had misspelled things like his name, uh, put the wrong phone number on there, and then published them for the world to see. And that's, that's fraud. What site did she use to get the money? I think it was GoFundMe, GoFundMe, and there was one, like, I mean, I at one point I had bought her a coffee on one of the things where you could, you buy people coffees or whatever the hell it is. Uh-huh. So, like, I lost out on three bucks, whoop-dee-doo, but... Well, they're, they're going to they're gonna go after that money. Oh, of course. This pisses me off. We have our lead MMA writer, David Tease. His mother is battling cancer. He's always taking her to appointments and checkups and things <laughs> like that. 
uh, I encourage you guys, there's a pinned tweet. If you want to donate to to his mother and their battle, that's legit. I've checked up on that. I see the struggle that he goes through. I'm growing out my hair because a friend of mine wouldn't leave the house without hair. Mm-hmm. And when I see, I didn't see her for a year before she died. A very good friend of mine. Thanks for staying away from the headband this week. I, I see some stanky jump off doing this shit. Mm. Piss off, mate. Piss off. Wow, now she's brought in some, some Aussie in you. That's how angry you are. Hey, that's what happens, man. Wow. Every Tuesday for a year and a half, it's going to happen. He gets so many changes nationalities, Nigel. Yeah, well, I don't know. Wow. Mate's, mate's a pretty. I'm going to somehow try to segue. Once again, what a difficult segue, but I'm going to try. Uh, <laughs> so a few weeks ago, there were rumors that Jeff Jarrett was in consideration for the WWE Hall of Fame. We knew that he went to rehab <laughs> sponsored by WWE. So we knew that he was at least back in their good graces in that regard. And there were rumors that he was uh, in consideration. And they announced officially this week that Jeff Jarrett is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. What do you think? Good for him. Cockroaches and Jeff Jarrett. He deserves he deserves the spot. Good for him. It'll get us It'll get us a good rendition of Alone with My Baby Tonight, I'm well, sure. Only or- Brian James goes out there and does it. He'll probably induct him. And he, yeah, that would make sense. That makes sense yeah. if he did, yeah. I, uh, so here's my take on it, and this is probably going to anger some people, but it's just how it is. I'm one of those guys that looks at the Hall of Fame for what it is. I look at it as a marketing ploy. Because yeah. to me, that's what the Hall of Fame is. It's basically an opportunity for WWE to get mainstream press because the major outlets always cover it. And WWE is always quick to announce that it was covered by a major outlet. Like the Jarrett one was covered by CBS Sports first. And WWE mm-hmm. made it clear, oh, as broken by CBS Sports this morning, you know? So that's the first thing. Second thing is uh, the Hall of Fame is an opportunity to provide content to network subscribers in order to keep them keep them paying. And it's an opportunity to make a few bucks because they always book whatever venue they're going to use for on SmackDown over WrestleMania week. Uh, and they sell tickets, and they usually do pretty well. Now, not to say that I don't enjoy the ceremony, because I do. It's actually one of the things, one of my favorite shows of the year is the Hall of Fame. And not to say that it doesn't mean something to the guys that are inducted, because it does. Yeah. But I've always looked at it like, if you've got Drew Carey in the Hall of Fame because he did one Royal Rumble match and because you cut a deal with the studio to market a TV show that he was on at the time, that's why Drew Carey went into the Hall of Fame that year. Yeah. Um, that, to me, kills the credibility of the Hall of Fame. With all due respect to Coco Beware, he's in the Hall of Fame because he fit a role that year. And that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. And so, to me, I always kind of take it with a grain of salt, but I will say, if they acknowledge Jeff Jarrett's promoter work, then he deserves it. I think as an in-ring talent, he doesn't deserve it any more than, you know, a lot of other guys that are in, but if they acknowledge his promoter work, he absolutely deserves it, because even though people are shitting on Impact Wrestling these days, it's been around for 15 years, man. Well, essentially, if you've won a world championship, they'll, they'll put you in. I mean, that's, that's... So does that mean David Arquette's going in, too? He might. What about Vince Russo? Uh, okay. A little bit different there, but, uh... Hey, oh, he, oh, whoa, whoa, he was a world champion, Sean. Yeah, that was a little bit different. That was, like, one of ten matches he ever did. David Arquette could absolutely get in. Why Why wouldn't he get in? Well, again, Drew Carey got in. The celebrity wing, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Vince Russo isn't a celebrity, he's not a wrestler, and that was... They, like, they, I don't think they could even spin that to be funny. Like, I mean... They'd have to do it for the creative aspect of it. Yeah, if they did it from a creative aspect and started to recognize people behind the scenes, then yeah, I'm sure 
that they would mend that bridge yeah. and he would get in or something like that. But yeah. man, oh boy. Yeah, I, I'm glad that – I think it's good Jarrett's in. Sure, why not? I, I mean, think they I needed think... a guy – Sorry, I was going to say once again to me, uh, this one has the fingerprints of Triple H all over it. Yeah, it because does. Because just as Vince McMahon said to Hunter, hey, you want Bruno San Martino? He's never going to agree to it, but you want him, go get him. And he did. Yeah. Hey, you want the Warrior in it? He's never going to agree to it, but if you want him, go get him. And he did. I think Jeff Jarrett's another one where Vince is probably like, oh, you know what? That happened 15, 16 years ago, and it's water under the bridge. And if he wants to do it, go get him. And I think Hunter did. And uh, that's all there is to it. Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk about Ring of Honor and their streaming service here in a little bit, but it surprised me that they didn't go head-to-head with the Hall of Fame as opposed to NXT. Uh, because if that, if I were that, if that were them and I were running a Cody versus Kenny Omega match, I would do that. Another person who will be at that show, Red Titus. Here's the rest of my conversation with him where I discuss his partnership on and off with Kenny King. You've been a fixture in Ring of Honor's tag team division, and there was a situation a few years ago when while tag team champions, your your partner, Kenny King, left the company. What was your reaction to that at the time, and did you keep in touch with him while he was gone? Yeah, yeah, you know, we always we always talked, you know, all throughout it, you know, because, uh, you know, past wrestling, you know, Kenny King and Red Titus uh, are friends, you know, and I can't hate on Kenny King for taking the opportunity that might have been better for Kenny King at the time. You know, I still had six months left on my deal, and his his was up. So it was like one of those things where, well, hey, you know, you do what you gotta do, and I'll do what I gotta do. And uh, you know, I I can't I can't be mad at a guy for trying to make more money. Um, but you know, it definitely sucked because, you know, for, for man for years, the goal was all right. You know, we gotta get those titles. We gotta get those titles. You know, it was like a a crowning moment, you know, where like, you know, coming from, you know, working, taking tickets at the front door and doing ringside security and, you know, there's pretty much any job in Ring of Honor over the years, you know, I've done it, you know, and, you know, coming from all of that to finally making it to the top of the card and winning the championship was, it was like, wow, you know, uh, I finally, I finally feel like, you know, I've, I've done something here. And then just <laughs> less than two weeks away, all that just taken away, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking because, you know, you, you don't know what to do at that point. You know, you're like, well, I've, I've spent all these years with this partner working towards this goal. And now that we got this goal, it's just pulled out right from underneath, me, you know? Um, so it's like, well, now what do I do? And it was kind of like back to square one all over again. And, you know, I had a few tag partners after that, you know, and, it just it just wasn't the chemistry that I was that I had with Kenny. You know, I teamed with BJ Whitmer. BJ's a great wrestler. We just didn't, you know, mesh like that. I teamed with Cliff Compton. We didn't really mesh like that either. But uh, now I'm with uh, Little Willie, Big Dog and Little Willie, and uh, I think we got uh, quite a little good chemistry going for ourselves. Yeah. Before I, I talk about the the uh, the dogs, uh, how far ahead of All Star Extravaganza Seven did you know that Kenny King would be? coming back to ring of honor um it was about a, a month or so maybe a little bit less than a month maybe like three weeks you know we weren't even supposed to come back at all-star extravaganza we were just supposed to come back on tv and then um and then a few weeks before delirious was like you know what screw that 
whole other idea. Winnie's going to come out, trails blazing, you know, uh, A&X versus the Briscoes. Bam, right off the bat, all-star extravaganza. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> and, they, and then once they uh, made that little, uh, you know, open challenge or whatever, then it was like set in stone and everything was good to go. And uh, it was really cool, man. San Antonio was very receptive of us, you know, because I was like, man, this is like a whole different crop of new fans than what uh, than what it was before when me and Kenny were teaming because during the Terry Silken ownership to the Sinclair broadcast ownership, the fans, you know, it wasn't all the same fans. You know, we lost a lot of old fans, but we gained a lot of new fans, that type of thing. So I was like, man, are they even going to know who the hell we are? You know, uh, <laughs> But uh, I was I was very happy that they they did know who we are and they're very receptive to us and us coming back as a team. We are back. So Jimmy, I don't know where this was on your list, but Ring of Honor did launch a streaming service this week, and yep. I think it's a logical, smart step. I mean, I hit you up as soon as it happened. I said it's actually going to save us some money because you know we pay for people to cover ring of honor pay-per-views all the time i started to do live shows after them because i feel like they are a solid number two in america like i don't think impact is anywhere close to no. ring of honor right now no and uh I, I just think this was the right move to make their structure is i think a, a pretty smart structure they have the option of paying 120 dollars a year that way you're up front you're paid for the year and you get their pay-per-views if you pay the nine ninety nine a month or the hundred dollars a year or whatever, you get uh, like fifty percent off pay per views or something like that. So that's kind of an incentive to just be like, go ahead, pay up for the year. WWE tried to do this with the six month, twelve month commitment thing, and it didn't work out for them. How do you see it working for Ring of Honor? That's a different fan base to a degree. I think it's the hardcore wrestling fan base, and I, I think a lot of them are going to go for the annual. What's the what's the cost of the pay per views if you buy them? a la carte anywhere between 35 to 45 bucks they're still I that much they, yeah they're still that much because they got to sell them over traditional pay-per-view i mean it makes sense to go for the annual if you're if you're a big enough fan that you're going to watch all the pay-per-views it makes sense that you'd buy the annual right yeah of course so now new japan has a service wdb has a service you have like high spots network you have title match network all that stuff now ring of honor's got one impact has one but they also have a Twitch, which they actually put new content on and stream it for free when they have a network. I spoke to Josh Matthews recently about this very briefly. I'm like, well, what kind of reaction have you gotten to compare the two? Take a listen to what he had to say. What kind of reception have you all gotten for the Twitch service as opposed to the Global Wrestling Network, at least from a fan perspective? The reception from Twitch, I believe, from the fans and, and, and as myself, even as a fan, I think it's great to be able to be in the room and to interact with everyone and to talk with everyone about what you're seeing and what's happening. And I, and I did that with a group of friends for Brace for Impact. Um, we were all in the, in the chat and we were in there together. And, you know, there's stars from Impact, knockouts from Impact that are all in that room interacting with everyone. And that to me is what um, the difference is with Twitch. And I think that everyone uh, across the board fan-wise, um, from what I've seen, also are agreeing with that that interaction that being in the same place anywhere around the world watching the same show together how have your duties changed since jb left I, I know you wear a lot of hats backstage as is but did that accelerate at all with borash leaving no it didn't um 
my the stuff that I do stays the same, stayed the same, doesn't change. Um, I wish him nothing but luck and success down there. Uh, it's a different beast. But um, as far as what I do, nothing was affected other than switching back from color commentary to play-by-play announcing, which is what I have been doing for 14 years. So did you notice that he did not answer your question about the network? Of course not. And, because and... there's no point in that network anymore. I think that it's up there as like – I think they don't want to do it because they don't want the perception of failure. I think perception is big with Impact right now. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't tune in because of the perception of what Impact is now, the tainted brand type of thing. I think and that he... they have no subscribers. Yeah. That network. Matter of fact, they uh, they they cut a deal with WWE to license some of the broken Matt Hardy stuff because no one's watching the damn networks. So they figured, well, we might as well make some licensing money at least, and that's why they took the Twitch deal was to get some licensing money. I think that the reason the network came out when it did is because they wanted to take some of the heat off the Jeff Jarrett news at the time, because the same day that Jeff Jarrett was let go, they announced the network that same day. Yeah. So I think they rushed it uh, to try to take heat off of that news, and uh, it's not doing anything. And we said it wasn't going to do anything. So good for them. Yeah, I just I, like I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, okay, you've got this Twitch channel. Why isn't this going up on your network? Yeah, because they got licensing money from Twitch. That's of course. The I'm like, why have a network? There's no point. No, There's I mean, no why? Why put? Think about the the development that it took. Think about the, the cost for programming that it took. Uh, uh, let's move on because I'm going to get frustrated as a, as a business yeah, owner. It's just so stupid. As opposed to Ring of it's Honor, though. I think, I, think, I think Ring of Honor will make money. Oh, yeah. And oh, for the sure. thing is, they can afford to not make money because of who owns them. Yeah. No, they're they will. This, they're able to make this calculated risk, but they're going to make money. They will. And we talked about, I think it was WWN that came out with a streaming service. And uh, I predicted that it's not going to work because they don't put the pay-per-views as part of the subscription. And Gabe Sapolsky came out and said, well, the reason we don't is because we can't afford to, to put it as, as part of it. And my answer to that is, well, then don't do it. Because yeah, why, no, no one's going to subscribe. Ring of Honor, I think, is doing it the right way. Don't do it half-assed because then you're going to end up like Impact Wrestling, right? And then for a while, I wondered if Ring of Honor would do that. But now their pay-per-views are going to be more accessible than ever. And I think accessibility is key and important to Ring of Honor because – they they almost have the the WWE method of years prior where live event and merchandise is important to them. Oh, for sure. Going and making that money at the gate and making that money at the merch stand is is what I think will drive them. Here's a question that I, I I've never heard the answer to: Does Ring of Honor or New Japan, for that matter, see anything from the from the Bullet Club stuff on the Pro Wrestling T store for uh, for the Young Bucks? Well, I don't know, but I, I've Carl Anderson told me years ago that they didn't used to get a cut of the Bullet Club stuff. Okay. Like, like he didn't. Okay. Like the 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 wrestlers. So I would imagine that that's something that, I mean, they got to work it out. But I mean, I, I would imagine they have they they do see a cut of something like that because I think that's why the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega started the Elite so they could own their own thing, right? And not give New Japan a cut because I know New Japan tried to both buy it and get them to just give it to them. Right, right. Maybe that's the deal they have, as, as New Japan said, we'll keep the Bullet Club stuff, and then you guys can do your own, your own shirt. I, think, I, th- I just think it was a, a creation of their own. I just right. think they just did it on their own and got it over. And got, okay, got away with it kind of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other things quick, and then we'll do a couple listener questions. So the first one is, Michelle McCool posted a video on her Instagram this week of The Undertaker doing barbell squats. 
Uh, and the one thing I noticed, and I realized that he was just on Raw 25, and so that could be why, but he had long black hair when he was doing those barbell squats. So do you think he's on board for WrestleMania? Because if he is, they're going to have to do that program quick. Like if, The real if, story is... Is Michelle McCool on for WrestleMania? She, she looks what kind good. Of shape she was yeah, in? Yeah, she My looked really good. God. Yeah, she looked good. She was in great shape. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm starting to think. Yeah, and this is an educated guess. This isn't a report. It's uh, yeah. I think I think he probably is to some degree. I mean, if they're gonna do it and if they're gonna go with Cena, they need to start that program. If not as early as Monday coming after the Elimination Chamber, hmm. you know, they're going to start it pretty soon. So is is that his how he gets on the WrestleMania card because he's so desperate? Uh, I don't, you know what I, I talk about John Cena. Yeah. So I was thinking about this and what I could see happening is, so you know how Cena has been losing matches on television and he's going to lose in the elimination chamber. I wonder, I wonder if they're going to tease retirement with John Cena and if the bell's going to toll when Cena's in the ring looking like he's about to retire and Taker comes out and makes the match. That to me looks like that might be the direction they're going because Cena keeps losing on television. And this isn't a match that they've done to death either. They've been no. they've been kept at a distance for quite a long time. It'd be a fun I, I, match. I mean, Cena can still go, Taker not so much. But yeah. uh, I think it'd be because you can you can envision some of the spots that they would do, like you know when Cena makes like he's struggling to get you up for the AA and stuff like that. Like yeah. they can they can tease all that, so that would be fine. Well, well the thing is, like you you wonder how the Undertaker will perform with a new hip, and you had we had. Bruce Pritchard telling us on on the podcast a few months ago that he looked better than ever. Yeah, there there haven't been there hasn't been a John Cena Undertaker match since October two thousand six. It went to a no contest. Before that, it was SmackDown June oh four. It's amazing. Where that's, that's so no definitive finish for a John Cena Undertaker singles match since Cena has been a main event guy. Huh. They did have several back in the day. Uh, Cena and Taker actually split. Cena won a couple times. Taker won a couple times. Hmm. I mean, in terms of characters, they're polar opposites. Yeah. So it, it, it makes for a very interesting match, so we'll see what happens. Uh, something that I wanted to mention that might be minor, but I wanted to mention it anyway. So Renee Young was on Sam Roberts' podcast this week, and she mentioned how on her Instagram account, she changed her name from her stage name, which is Renee Young, back to her maiden real name, which is Renee Paquette. Yeah, uh, and she joked around about how well you know nothing against the name Renee Good, which is her real name now since she got married. But yeah. Renee Paquette, you know that's what she was known for when she got into broadcasting and whatnot. She said the reason she was doing that is because other girls like Nia Jax had already done it, and they were doing yeah. it in case they get opportunities outside of WWE. And Renee flat out said that, and that made me think: Do you think that there's any possibility that she is looking uh, or open to new job opportunities outside of WWE because we know she's being grossly underutilized in WWE. Well, if, if she is, she's going to have her pick of the litter. I can't imagine anybody that could afford her who wouldn't want her. Why else would she change her name back to Renee Paquette? My God, I see some of the people that they have on ESPN and Fox Sports 1, and I'm like, oh my God. Like, could could you think of somebody who could be better at, like, hosting Sports Nation no. or no, something like that than her? And she's she's unbelievable. And she's it'd be great. a major loss. Yeah, it would be. Major loss. Uh, Char- I think Charlie Caruso is really good now, too. But Renee Young just has that special quality in her personality that makes everybody like her. Yep. Yep. You're never going to hear anything negative about Renee Paquette. I, I, I still kind of know her as Renee Paquette from Canada, but you'll never hear anything <laughs> negative about her. You know? Let's go do a couple of listener questions here. 
Uh, yeah. I actually had more stuff this week, but we can we can leave it till next week. It's nothing major. So sure. This first one is from Paul Clark, not Paul Cook. Paul Clark is his first one. He said, if they change the build for Roman and Brockett for WrestleMania, who do you think Roman would face at Mania? Uh, I still think they're going to stay the course. I think they're going to stay still have Roman win at Elimination Chamber and get the title shot at WrestleMania. If they were to change. Uh, I could see it being Seth Rollins because of the, the Shield history, because of the Elimination Chamber match, or even Elias. I think it would be an interesting matchup. But uh, I think they're going to stay the course. With I don't think they'd go with Elias because he's not as much of a marquee name yet. But the only pivot I could see them doing is maybe doing Reigns, Lesnar, Rollins as the technical rematch from the main quote-unquote main event from a few years ago. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see that. Maybe that. I would. I would love to see I would like to see that a lot more mm-hmm. than I would want to see... Reigns and Lesnar. For not, me, not to say that they wouldn't have a good match because they would. Maybe, maybe it's the old school in me, but for me, for WrestleMania, I prefer one-on-one matches. I mean, I do too, but yeah. it doesn't so, always happen like that. This next one is from JDM at Option Zero. He says, how many disputes do we hear about in wrestling that could have been solved with agents and contracts? So the first question I had for him, obviously, and, and unless he's listening live, he can't answer this, but was he talking about historical disputes? Like, is he talking about, like, the Montreal Screwjob kind of thing? Is he talking about contract disputes? Because we know that everybody has talent contracts already. We know that. Mm-hmm. And they have forever. We know that some guys, not all, but some guys use agents now. And, and Jesse Ventura and Lex Luger, they were the guys that kind of brought agents into pro wrestling. And a lot of guys yeah. use agents now. And I'd like to hope everybody uses an attorney to, to negotiate their contract. I'd like to hope that they do. They don't. They don't not use an attorney? Who? A lot of them don't, no. Do you know of anybody in particular? I, I just know that it's not commonplace. I mean, it's not, not always the case, no. Are, the, are those uh, the same I, idiots? I, I had an attorney look at my contract with you, for the love of God. Are you kidding? Why? I use attorneys to look at emails, for God's sakes. Yeah. Like, I use attorneys for everything. <laughs> well, when TrigTent.com is on the case, you probably should. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just saying. No, I, I, I mean, I guess to answer his question, um, if, you, if you use the Montreal Screwjob, for example, they have talent contracts, but they don't have contracts for specific events and specific matches. And so there's really nothing Bret Hart could have done. He had creative control in his talent contract, meaning that in theory, this man breached the contract because he went against creative control, but he was on the outs anyway. And what was Brett going to do? Sue him? You know? So there was, really wasn't much he was going to do about it anyway in that situation. But, I uh, agree. But otherwise, I mean, like I said, a lot of guys use agents, a lot of guys use lawyers, and they don't do uh, contracts for, even though they always do the big contract signings in the ring before pay-per-view, they don't really have contracts for single events. So I don't know if contracts or agents would have made a big difference uh, in changing any disputes. Uh, something I wanted to bring up, before we go, Raw, uh, the first two hours were $3.5 million, which is a pretty damn good number for Raw these days. Each? For each hour? Yeah, for each hour. And good. then a huge drop-off for uh, hour three. They kept the crowd. Interesting. Yeah, so that's that's pretty impressive. So once again, everybody that said, oh, the, the casuals don't like it, and, and it's like I've been saying, most of their audience now is not the casual audience. And so there you go. They stuck around to watch a two-hour match. I, I just want to say that I've been fed some info from a person within LivingSharp.com who informed me that there is a Captain America waffle maker on the site. I feel like that should be gifted to me, Jimmy. So how do you eat your waffle, Sean? <clears throat> you know, I don't eat a lot of waffles, honestly. I like them Oh, so more, you're a fraud but... with that too is what you're saying. Well, I don't. I try to keep my carbs low. He's but... a waffle phony, Nigel. <laughs> you know what he's well, going to do? Maybe... We're going to get off the, the thing, air. Jimmy, Jimmy if, if maybe... 
I had a Captain America waffle maker from LivingSharp.com, I would eat a lot more waffles. You know what's going to happen? be a waffle fry. We're going to get off the air, and he's going to pull out a stack of pancakes from under his desk. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Start this, eating them. Yeah, yeah, this guy's a fraud. He's got them sitting there waiting to go. I am going to eat crepes very soon. I'm, I'm going to watch a movie with my wife Friday, and, you know, I'm thinking about hitting one of those breakfast all-day joints and sure. get, getting some crepes. Although here's the thing. I don't know if Waffle House has crepes or if Huddle House has crepes or whatever the hell we have down Nigel there. Nigel is shaking his head no. I wouldn't know. So Man. So, why, why, Nigel, they don't have crepes at Waffle House? Oh, I, I don't know. I just... No? Based on Maybe you can the... ask uh, CM Punk, because according to Kevin Nash, CM Punk looks like a short-order cook at Waffle House. <laughs> from from my state. He said like, a short-order cook from a Pikeville or Paducah Waffle oh, House. Oh, is that what he said, really? Jump you know what's funny from... is to this day sometimes, because even though Kevin Nash, that was not exactly a memorable run for Kevin Nash, I loved his line because you knew that he came up with it on the spot. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and I loved his line when he looked at Punk and he said... Take a shower, hit the weights, and get a clue. And I freaking loved I, that. I loved, I loved their interaction. It. Oh, I, I loved, loved their it. interactions on the mic. It was yeah, great. it was really really good. And and you could tell that Punk, as quick as Punk usually is, he was a little bit. He, he didn't have an answer at first. The text so, message line was real good though. That was good, but but about the Waffle House thing, all Punk could say was, "I like the Waffle House." <laughs> Who doesn't? It's a, it's, a <laughs> it's a wrestling staple. Right, right. I remember Lance Storm. I was like Cracker Barrel. Yeah, the, the being the elite guys like uh, Cracker Barrel and TGI Friday to the point to where like TGI Friday and Cracker Barrel like hook them up with tours and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Interesting. What else you got? Anything? Uh, actually, I want to read one more thing before we go here. So this, this was sure. posted on Twitter by John Pollock, who uh, you guys might remember from Live Audio Wrestling. He said, I spoke with a member of the, of the Louisiana Boxing and Wrestling Commission today, and they confirmed that blood and pile drivers are prohibited on pro wrestling shows regarding WrestleMania week in and around New Orleans. Uh, so that means that not only WWE, but all of the independents that they make their biggest check of the year over WrestleMania week, uh, no pile drivers, no blood. So there you go. Sure. It's weird, whatever, great job from uh, John Pollock, but if you can't tell a story not using blood or a pile driver... What are you doing? I mean, all I can say is try telling that to Brock Lesnar, because if Brock Lesnar feels like throwing himself into a ring post, he's going to do it. What are they going to do? Stop the last match of the last? Well, they he's... could cause some problems for Raw or SmackDown, but that's about it. It's not going to be the last match. No. Not if Roman Reigns is going over, man. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Uh, guys, I have a Fightful alternate commentary from the Extreme Elimination Chamber. It is up at Fightful.com, FightfulPods.com. I did a mini podcast based on a character that I would like Drew McIntyre to play on the main roster. Anna will have a full report of New Japan Perth. It is awesome. It's got a ton of media embedded in it tonight. Aaron Hyden, the great writer of The Spare Room, who uh, you, you often see on Fightful.com, was 10 feet away from this match. He was 10 feet away at SmackDown and Raw. He had a Fightful sign there, for the love of God. He did a a great feature on Monday Night Rollins and how Seth Rollins really stole the show. I'm going to have uh, the Fightful Wrestling Weekly this Friday, for those of you unfamiliar. I put about a 1,000 words worth of exclusives in there. Some don't fit in full articles. Some are just things from here and there, but it's always worth a read. Also, check out our friends at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. They've done some videos for us, some really good stuff, so check them out. But tons of stuff at Fightful.com. And this Sunday, Elimination Chamber coverage and a live podcast. You're going to tune into the the Elimination Chamber live? You're going to catch it later, Jimmy? How I never catch it? them live because my daughter doesn't go to sleep till 9 or 9.30. Yeah. Uh, so it won't be live. I usually, t- I usually tune in live at whatever part of the show they're at, and then I yeah. go back and watch what I miss later on. So that's what I'll do. 
Cool. Well, guys, make sure you all follow us cross-platform at Fightful Online on our Instagram. We have some of those New Japan Perth pictures up. Have a lot of cool stuff coming your way. Check it out. Fightful Boxing Newsletter drops in the morning. Look at that, too. Until next time, guys. We are out. Cute. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.